Nation. Welcome to another episode of the internet's newest Clippers podcast. It's hip to clip. I'm Ray Samora, your host each and every episode as we dig into the Clippers topics that are, you know, out there and ready to listen to news, scores, stats, and also opinions on the LA Clippers. In this episode, we're going to look at the Clippers recent games. Uh, you know, not the greatest games that they've played, but they did come away with some victories. So we'll look back at those games, see how those see how those games have impacted their playoff hopes, and also look ahead to the next few games on the schedule. Actually, look ahead to the remainder of the schedule for the Clippers to see how those games will impact the team and their hopes of making a push into the playoffs as probably a seventh or eighth seed in the West. We'll also talk briefly about some of the Clippers players uh, focusing on Austin Rivers. Uh, we posted, um, or I posted on Facebook and Twitter a few days ago, uh, my thoughts on Austin Rivers and what I'm seeing from fellow Clipper fans. So we'll just dig into that a little bit and see, you know, what, you know, I'll share some more of my opinion on that and uh, respond to some things I've seen on responses to those posts on social media. So with that said, let's go ahead and get started. So since our last episode, the Clippers uh, had four games where they went two and two, you know, for a team not, or for the team making, for a team making a run at the playoffs, two and two is not what you want to hear, what you want to see. And also looking back at those four games, the play on the court is definitely not what you want to see from the Clippers as they are trying to make that push into the playoffs. Um, those games included wins versus the Bucks and Suns, while they lost against the Blazers and also lost to the Pacers uh, just a day or two ago on Easter Sunday. So the Clippers started off those games since we last spoke to you with some wins. Again, we talked about they they beat the uh, the Bucks and they beat the Suns. Uh, although in both of those games, uh, we came they came away victorious. They weren't the prettiest of games. So that had to have been a little concerning as fans and as coaching staff or, or whatever, you know, whoever's looking at that had to be a little concerning. And it was definitely concerning for me when I was watching those games, thinking the Clippers know this, these games are must win games, yet they're not coming out with that complete fire, that complete intensity and that complete focus for a full four quarters, even though they are coming away victorious, it, it was definitely a concern and, you look at those opponents and then the opponents that followed the Blazers and Pacers, you knew those teams are a little bit more quality teams than what you have from the Bucks and the Suns. So you start to get that uh, concern that if the Clippers keep playing the way they've played, they probably aren't going to be able to make that push in the playoffs. So let's look at those games and we'll just do some brief, um, brief talking about those games because I really want to get more into the focus of what's up ahead for the Clippers, what we need to see happen from the Clippers, and also what we need to see happening with other teams that the Clippers are battling with for for playoff positioning. So against the Bucks, you know, in Staples Center, it was a rematch of a game that happened just a week or so prior where the Clippers went into Milwaukee and beat the Bucks. So you have this game at the Staples Center. The Bucks are looking to get a little bit of revenge. They are a team that are fighting themselves for some playoff positioning, although they are a little bit more comfortable in the fact that they are making the playoffs. Uh, even at that time, it wasn't set in stone, but it's pretty certain that they're going to make it. I think it was, you know, it would have had to have been a miracle from the Pistons to 
have any chance of knocking a team like the Bucks out. But so the Bucks go into the game knowing they're going to make the playoffs, but still battling uh, with some teams around them in the standings for their positioning for those playoffs. And the Bucks came in, put up a battle with the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers really uh, looking at that game, if not for a huge fourth quarter from the Clippers, the Bucks could have easily stolen that victory. And that's where you first started having some of these signs of concern from the Clippers, uh, at least on these games. And, you know, it's tough to rely on that type of performance. You can't become a team that's going to rely on fourth, huge fourth quarters to get your wins, especially when you're battling for some um, positioning in the NBA. So the Clippers stormed back in the fourth quarter, came out strong, and were able to close out the Bucks. Uh, in that fourth quarter, there was also some questionable calls from the referees, especially early on in that fourth quarter, which the Clippers were able to overcome. So that was definitely a plus for the Clippers. But again, this is a team that coming into that game, they knew you know, their backs are against the wall. They need to win. They were on the outside of the playoffs looking in. And you know the victory, you know, although they were able to secure it, wasn't as... Uh, demanding or not as uh, commanding of a performance as you would have hoped for from that Clippers team. Directly after or right after that game against the Bucks, the team had to fly out to Phoenix to face the Phoenix Suns on the second night of a back-to-back, which regardless of your opponent is always a tough game and a tough matchup to ask your players to come out and be able to give you 110% as the sports cliche goes. But again, this is a Clippers team knowing that every loss is detrimental to their hopes of getting in the playoffs. So you would hope that this Clippers team you know, gets out to Phoenix and can somehow, you know, muster together a quality and easy victory against a team that, you know, is totally in tank mode, missing half of their roster due to either injuries or just coaches decisions because of where we are in the season. And the Suns are at this point looking more at their future than anything else. So the Clippers get into Phoenix and the last time the Clippers had gone to Phoenix to face the Suns, they, for the first, you know, half of a quarter, just annihilated the Suns and they embarrassed the Suns on their home court in that game. And although the Suns were able to make that uh, matchup or that game a little bit more of a contested game on that last matchup, you could tell coming into this matchup, at least early on, that the Suns were not going to let that happen again. And you could also tell that the Clippers were probably taking the Suns for granted and thinking, it's the Suns, we're going to go out there, we're going to get the victory, we need to focus more on what's coming up ahead of them. Because on paper, the Clippers are the better team. Record-wise, the Clippers are the better team. And just roster strength-wise, even though the Clippers themselves are dealing with injuries this season and we're missing a couple of key players in that game. Still is, regardless, the Suns are a team the Clippers should beat. And ultimately, the Clippers did beat the Suns, but it wasn't as easy as you should have been able to expect that game. And the Clippers made it a lot more difficult on themselves than um, it should have been. But they were able to, you know, I guess, come away as the better of the two horrible teams for the night. Because neither team looked great. Uh, but the Clippers were able to come away with a victory, so that was important. And you look at that at that point, the Clippers are riding that two-game winning streak. They pull within a game of getting into the playoffs uh, on that, and things are looking good. 
They're not looking great because the Clippers haven't looked great in those those two games against the Bucks and the Suns, but they're looking good. The Clippers' chances of getting into the playoffs look good, and it just you know it, it relies on what's going to happen next. And unfortunately for the Clippers, their continued lack of focus in their games and lack of intensity in their games caught up to uh, caught up to them against the Portland Trailblazers in Portland, which is always a tough place to go play. But the Clippers went to Portland, getting a little bit of reinforcements. They had Danilo Gallinari coming back for that game, although he's playing with an injury still. He, you know, he's. I think Ralph Lawler said it in the broadcast. You know, Danilo Gallinari is saying this is the playoffs. He needs to be out there trying to help his team to win. Is he really helping the Clippers? Is he going to help the Clippers down the stretch with an injured shooting hand? That's yet to be seen, but. You know, it's it's nice to see an athlete this day of age coming out in, you know, playing injured. You don't see many of them. You had play, you know, you have people like Kobe Bryant's in the past who, unless they couldn't walk, were out there fighting for their team with injuries with the Lakers. But you don't see it that often where you have an injured player uh, coming out there and trying to help their team or trying to provide some help for their team to come out victorious, especially when making a run for the playoffs like this. Unfortunately, Danilo Gallinari against the Blazers didn't look that sharp. You could expect that from a team or from a player coming off an extended absence due to injury. And you might have to question a little bit on Doc Rivers and his coaching decisions at that point because you're basically bringing a player who hasn't played for a while and you're in, you're throwing him right into the starting lineup in the fire of a playoff race against one of the better teams in the West in the Portland Trailblazers, and you're asking him to come out and basically be able to gel right in with his teammates right away and, you know, play or perform the way that you would expect him to perform if he's been there for a while. Because you got to remember, this is a must-win game for the Clippers at this point. They're trying to get into the playoffs still. And so there's a questionable decision there by Coach Doc Rivers. We'll talk a little bit more about Doc Rivers after we talk about some of these games and stuff, but... You got to really start worrying about what's going on with the some of those decisions. So they go into Portland. Uh, they look lifeless in Portland, really. Portland was beating them to the loose balls. They were beating them to rebounds. And they were really just sort of toying with the Clippers uh, for the better part of the game. And it was a difficult game to watch as a Clipper fan, knowing that your team needs to win a game. And especially that was a, a good opportunity for the Clippers that evening because some of those other teams ahead of them had lost or were in the you know process of losing games. So it would have been good for the Clippers because it would have given them uh, an extra step up in their attempt to make the playoffs. But unfortunately, they weren't that focused. They lost the game pretty easily or poor than the Blazers pretty easily beat the Clippers on that night. And so you had three games where the Clippers know it's a must-win game and they couldn't really muster all the focus that you would expect out of that team. Luckily, they won the first two, but they did lose to the Blazers. The hope was at that point that loss to the Blazers is going to knock some sense into the Clippers and make them refocus and make them realize they need to take each and every game seriously and with the focus needed and so you go then from that Blazer game to the Pacers on Easter Sunday, um, a midday game, 1230 tip-off, which you know is not always the easiest tip-off for an NBA player, especially, you know, you got a holiday and, and whatnot. But 
the Clippers looked like they were ready to actually put the focus in there. And it had a good, a pretty good solid first half for most of the part up until the very end of that first half. And for a, a short while there, it looked like, okay, this is the Clippers team we've been wanting to see. The Clippers know they need to win. This is what we need to see out of them out there. And then the wheels fall off. They let the bla- uh, they let the Pacers come back at the end of the second quarter and reduce the Clippers' lead down to, I believe it was one. And then they let the Pacers take the lead in the second half and tried to battle with them, but came up short. So you, you saw some of that, a brief spurt of some of that focus and desire that you want from the Clippers in this but they couldn't keep their foot on the gas for a full four quarters, a full 48 minutes. And instead they give up a lead, a pretty decent lead that they had there in the second quarter. They give up that lead in the second half and they lose another must-win game that was really detrimental at this point because now you've lost two games in a row and we're going to look at that here. But it, it's unacceptable for a team to be lacking this they're lacking something there, and the only blame you can really look at, I mean, you can blame the players for it, but if it's four games in a row, there's something going on with this coaching staff. They're not getting their team prepared. They're not lighting the fire under these players, and, and the blame has to be put on Doc Rivers for that because you need to, as a coach, you need to be able to motivate your your players. I'm not an NBA coach. I'm not a college coach, but I have a little bit of coaching experience. I coach youth soccer. Uh, my five-year-old son is a soccer player in youth soccer. We play at a in a pretty competitive youth soccer league in South Orange County. And you know, I've I've had to at times, and this is five and six-year-olds, so of course I'm being pretty, you know, respectable and uh you know res- I'm not being a mean coach, right? But Sometimes you have to knock a little bit of sense into your players. You have to get them to focus. So a game that I had just a couple weekends ago, my team got off to a quick 3-0 lead in the first quarter. Second quarter of our match, uh, bring in a couple players, make some subs. And all of a sudden, within within about a two-minute span, the other team scores two goals on us. And you could see some of these players had already lost a little bit of focus, thinking, okay, this is going to be an easy game. Uh, you know, we don't have to try as hard anymore. And I had to get a little stern with these players and really just, I gathered them all together and told them we cannot lose focus. And we need, I need to see you guys out there hustling. We can't lose focus or we're going to lose this game. You guys need to be out there and you need to do what we've taught, what I've taught you. And you need to listen to what I'm telling you while you're out there coaching. And I need to see you guys be aggressive and out there and going after the ball and, you know, doing what you did to get that three goal to nothing lead. And after so, the kids snapped back into it. They refocused and we ended up winning the game seven to three. So again, I'm not an NBA coach. I'm not Doc Rivers, but there's something lacking there because these players from time to time seem to be losing their focus and they either can't regain it or they're going into games like the game against Phoenix, the game against Portland, where they look like they don't even really have a desire to win the game or, or whatever it is. So that's definitely some concerning things there with the Clippers. And again, looking at the Clippers coaching staff, there's something that needs to be done there by Doc Rivers and his staff to try and light a fire under these players. Luckily for the Clippers, 
the door is not shut on the playoffs. Although they are going to need a miracle to get into the playoffs, the door is not shut and they still actually have a shot to get into the playoffs. What's it going to take? Well, the first thing is the Clippers probably have to win out the remainder of their games this season if they want to be able to make the playoffs. They are currently two games behind the Pelicans for the eighth seed. They are two and a half games behind Minnesota for the seventh seed. And again, they have five games left on the schedule. The good news for the Clippers is four of those five remaining games are at home at Staples Center. The bad news is four of those five final games are against teams that are just ahead of them in the standings and are teams that they have to beat to get into the playoffs. So that's why we're looking at is they have to win out to make the playoffs. And we look at those games of what they have. They have the Spurs coming up tomorrow. Uh, the Spurs are currently in fourth place and they are four games ahead of the Clippers. So we have to realistically say there's no chance the Clippers have of catching the Spurs. Spurs are probably going to get into the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they're going to sit. Can they win out the remainder of the games or can they at least win more than those teams just behind them and, and lock down home court in the first round? That's yet to be seen. But there's the first step in the process. And again, the Clippers probably need to win that game if they want to have any shot. That game is at Staples Center. Uh, after that, they have the Jazz in Utah on Thursday. The Jazz are in sixth place. The Jazz are three games ahead of the Clippers at this point. So that's definitely a potential team that the Clippers can catch, although three games with three-game lead with five games to go. Uh, probably unlikely the Clippers catch the Jazz there. But again, the Jazz are battling for their playoff positioning, so it's not going to be an easy game for the Clippers. And so you're going to be looking at a Jazz team looking to come out and win so they can secure themselves a better spot in the playoffs. After the Jazz, they have the Nuggets in L.A. on Saturday. The Nuggets are the team directly ahead of the Clippers, one game ahead of the Clippers in the standings in ninth place. Uh, the Clippers and the Nuggets are two teams trying to get into the playoffs, so both teams are going to be looking to win that game to be able to have any shot at getting into the playoffs. And this is a game where the Clippers have to come out and definitely get a win because it'll put them at least even record-wise with the Nuggets and give them a little bit more footing. After the Nuggets, uh, next Monday on the 9th, the Clippers host the Pelicans. And this is going to be the big game uh, of the remaining five games for the Clippers because the Pelicans are in eighth place right now. They are two games up on the Clippers. So if the Clippers can win that game, it only brings... Uh, it brings them within one game of the Pelicans. And also if the Clippers can win that game against the Pelicans, uh, it's going to give them an even series, uh, season series against the Pelicans. Both teams will have won two games against each other. And looking at the tiebreakers for the NBA, it'll come down to the Clippers and the Pelicans division records to see who gets the tiebreaker. Luckily for the Clippers, they play in the Pacific division where you have teams like the Kings, the Lakers, and the Suns who are some pretty lifeless teams out there. Uh, and luckily for the Clippers, the Pelicans have to deal with teams such as the Spurs and the Rockets in their division. So the Pelicans have a little bit more of a difficult division. They are 7-7 seven and seven in their division, while the Clippers are 12-3. and three, So the Clippers will definitely win the division matchup. So if the Clippers can beat the Pelicans, that brings them within one game of the Pelicans. And then it also uh, gets them that season or that tiebreaker. So if the Pelicans and Clippers can finish with the same record, the Clippers get the benefit of the doubt on that. And they would get the, uh, they would get the tiebreaker. They would win the tiebreaker. So what does that mean for the Clippers and the Pelicans? 
is if the Clippers definitely beat the Pelicans, and then the Pelicans can lose one more game than the Clippers on their other four games uh, of the remaining schedule, the Clippers would then get the tiebreaker. And if that means these teams are finishing tied at eighth place, one of them will get the, the playoff spot, one of them wouldn't, and it would be the Clippers that would get that playoff spot. So that's why that Pelican game becomes such a an important game for the Clippers uh, for their hopes of making the playoffs. Now, that's not to downplay any of the other games on, on the remainder of the schedule, the Spurs, the Jazz, the Nuggets, and then the final game against the Lakers. All of those games are important, and the Lakers need to make sure they are focused for those games, whatever Doc Rivers has to do, or heck, whatever Lou Williams or Tobias Harris or any of those other leaders, DeAndre Jordan on the team, whatever they need to do to light a fire under their teammates and come out with some intensity for these final five games, we definitely need to see that because it's definitely needed for their playoff hopes. Um, looking at what the Clippers need to do, uh, again, we're looking at the Pelicans, so... We said the Pelicans would need to lose one more game than the Clippers if the Clippers can pull off that victory against the Pelicans. Looking at the Pelicans' remaining schedule, their schedule is a little bit easier than the Clippers for the final five games, but they also have a couple of extra road games um, over the Clippers. So there's some pluses and some minuses there when you're looking at that schedule, but you look at what the Pelicans have. Their final five games, they have the Grizzlies at home, the Suns in Phoenix, the Warriors in Oakland, that game against the Clippers in L.A., and then the Spurs at home to finish the season. So we look at those first three games we talked about. The Grizzlies and the Suns are both out of the playoffs, uh, but doesn't mean that those teams aren't trying to you know, prove something, especially the players on those rosters. We saw it with Phoenix uh, over their last uh, game against the Clippers, and I think there was another game, uh, I can't remember who it was against, but they're looking at least that they're trying to battle and get some victories. So you never know what kind of uh, matchup that'll be, but... The probably the biggest opportunity for the Clippers to get that second loss from the Pelicans um, in their hopes of fighting for a playoff position would be that final game against the Spurs. It'll be in New Orleans, but there's a possibility the Spurs will still be fighting for their position in the NBA playoff um, picture. And so you might see a Spurs team that with a victory can gain home court advantage or, you know, something like that. So you have those opportunities. You have the Warriors in Oakland in the third game of their final five, but the Warriors are dealing with some injuries. The Warriors are also pretty set in their positioning right now as the second seed in the West. So it's not as big of a game for the Warriors at this point of the season uh, as it could be for a team like the Spurs. So we're going to be looking at those games, the Warriors and the Spurs as Clipper fans, hoping that one of those teams can beat the Pelicans and that the Clippers can win out so the Clippers can get into the playoffs and overtake the Pelicans on that. But that's just getting way ahead of ourselves. We'll know more about what the future holds for the Clippers and the Pelicans uh, a week from, from now, on uh, Monday the, the 9th, when those team two teams meet. Uh, we should know, uh, have a better idea at that point of where they are and if that game is a pretty big matchup for the teams. And we should know how those teams are going to look in the playoffs. The The biggest concern, again, like we talked about, is that struggle. We need Coach Doc Rivers to really light a fire under these, these players for the final five games. And we need those players to really, you know, if, if 
the coach can't do it for them. Those players need to do that. So I'm looking at someone like DeAndre Jordan or heck, we even look at like Austin Rivers. He needs to, you know, get out there and I guess be a voice for his dad. You know, people look at him as this player that's only in the league because of his dad. And, you know, again, check our posts on Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, we think, I think otherwise, uh, you know, Austin Rivers is a quality NBA player. So, you know, someone on this Clippers team, either the staff or the players need to just get get the rest of the team focused, get them ready for the, the game, and hopefully get this team uh, on the right direction. And again, we need the Clippers to win out. So again, four of the final games are at Staples Center. Four of the final five are at Staples Center. So Clipper fans, you need to be out there in full force cheering your team on, giving them the energy they need. If the coaching staff or the players can't get that intensity, then the fans need to try and help out there if we want to have any hope of making the playoffs. Uh, again, it's a slim hope at this point, but it can be done. The Clippers have come back from big deficits. You know, look back at, I, it's one game, but look back in Memphis, uh, you know, in the Vinny Del Negro area, er, area, Vinny Del Negro era, and the Clippers came back from a pretty big deficit in the fourth quarter of that game. So we got to look at it that same way. We can't give up on the Clippers. The Clippers need to come back from a big deficit right now in the season. Uh, they need to just win out. If they can win out these games, they're going to help themselves a lot. They'll still need some help down the line uh, from some other teams. But five victories in the final five matches will definitely go a long way to the Clippers, potentially or hopefully making it into the playoffs. All right, Clipper, uh, Clippers Nation, we've talked about it. We've talked about what the Clippers need to do for the playoffs. Let's talk briefly about Austin Rivers. Again, I posted on social media the other day my thoughts on Austin Rivers. Uh, I questioned all those Clipper fans out there, those those Clipper haters, basically. And it could be fans or it could be haters, but people hating on Austin Rivers. Uh, you know, I see daily, I see posts on Facebook and Twitter from people saying Austin Rivers should not be on the Clippers. He's not a good NBA player. The only reason he's on the, the Clippers is because of his daddy. And the Clippers need to somehow get rid of him, trade him, release him, just leave him alone. Don't give him playing time. You know what, people? Austin Rivers, yes, he's Coach Doc Rivers' son, but Austin Rivers is a quality NBA player. He's not an all-star. He's not probably someone that should be starting uh, every game in the season, but he's a quality NBA player who gets paid maybe a little bit more than he needs to be getting paid, but he's not he's not outrageously overpaid. He's not one of those horrendous albatross of a contracts that you see some NBA teams have, <clears throat> you know, Knicks with Joakim Noah, uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., a bunch of contracts the Knicks give away. Austin Rivers is a quality NBA player, giving you 15 points a game on the season. He makes $11 million and he, he gives you, he, he gives you heart. He's not out there just trying to collect a check. He's not out there just trying to do things for him. He's out there trying to help your Clippers win and help him come out victorious. Now, yes, is his dad the coach? Yes. Is there a chance that that's the reason he's on this roster? Of course. You know, but you look at NBA coach, you know, coaching benches. There's a lot of times you get NBA coaches that hire their sons on as assistant coaches or put them in entry level roles with the with the club and no one even speaks a word about it. It's sort of accepted that NBA coaches can bring their sons on as coaches and develop them as coaches, uh, allow them to, to get a little bit better as a coach and maybe follow in their dad's footsteps. So 
let's look at it this way. Coach Doc Rivers, he was a player at one point. He's bringing his son, who's a player, trying to help him get better. And his son is not, again, not a player that's sitting there just collecting a contract and just, you know, sitting there and messing around or not doing anything to help the team win. He's come out. He's fought for this team. You look back into the playoffs against Portland when he was out there with a busted eye, uh, you know, out there, got got stitches and came right back on the court and was out there with pretty much, he looked like a boxer or a UFC fighter out there, couldn't even look out of that eye pretty much, but he's out there for the Clippers trying to get a victory. And so, you know what, we got to stop hating on Austin Rivers. You have these videos of people taunting him courtside and you always have, again, people posting stuff on Facebook and social media. Hey, you know, people players look at these things and you're going to impact your your team in a negative way if you're going to have a player that's going to be like dude the fans don't even care about the heart I put out there for the team so as Clipper fans we need to stop hating on a player or you know I've had people on post saying hater is a sophomore term uh, for narcissism you know dude hater is a hater a hater is someone that's going to hate on someone for whatever reason it could be whatever you're looking at but we got to support the Clippers you know Support Austin Rivers. He's not out there collecting money like some players have in the past, not really wanting to be here. He's actually wanting to win with the Clippers. And, you know, maybe we've gotten a little spoiled over the last five or six years, but there was a time where it was difficult to find someone that says they want to win for the Clippers. It was, there was a time when people in the Clipper uniform were trying to collect checks and then trying to make the quickest exit they could when they got the opportunity. So let's support our players uh, that are out there fighting for it. And yes, you can criticize him for mistakes he makes on the court for not being consistent out there, but don't criticize him just because he's the coach's son. That's that's ridiculous. That's just being a hater. All right. So folks, that's going to do uh, that's going to do it for our episode this this time around or this week. We'll probably be back next week uh, to talk about where the Clippers are heading into that Portland game or not Portland um the Pelicans game, and then looking at that final game of the season and seeing if that matchup against the Lakers is going to mean anything for the Clippers. And so we'll talk more about, hopefully we'll have more to talk about with the playoffs when that time comes. Uh, but until then, root your Clippers on. If you got the tickets, go to the games and, and cheer them on and help them achieve the victory. And, you know, remember, it's hip to Clippers.